go somewhere else. I can't take this nonsense anymore. How are you gonna blame the defense? I got the power. Screw green bean. <laughs> Damn it. But once you get to the sausage, I feel like we're doing something. Go Jets. And that's the other part of this, the people are insanely jealous of this show. This show gets the best of the best, and it does a different way, with positivity. He scores! Ow, oh, my head is, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. What would you give up to see a Jets Super Bowl? All of my friends and family. <laughs> Hit those milk dung, boys and girls. Freeze run. Freeze. Jets, Jets, Jets. Hold on to your underwear, ladies, and stand by, bitches. It's now time for Talking Jets with your hosts, Matt, Ryan, and Greenbean. Welcome to the cockpit. My name's Ryan, and I'll be your pilot tonight. Boys and girls, I'm so excited to talk to you. I have got my co-pilots, Mr. Greenbean, Tima this way. I got Mr. O'Leary, Tima that way. Greenbean, how you doing tonight? It's great, dude. This is a great night, everybody. We are entering the best part of the year. Uh, we got past the boring season, and now we get to go to where the Jets reign supreme, and I can't wait to cut it up with you two tonight. O'Leary, how you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. The New York Jets season came to a close, and now we get into all the drama of what do we do now to fix the 2024 New York Jets. Boys and girls, if you are just hopping in here and you want to uh, hit that like button, it would go a long way. Uh, Zachary says we have a slight echo. Um, is everyone getting that right now? Oh, just I'm so I'm hearing it. Well, I know you guys aren't, but the chat uh, is an entirely different beast, unfortunately. Indeed. <laughs> Let's see. Help us out, chat. You guys getting any feedback? No echo. A couple no echoes. All right, cool. Good stuff. So if you guys are just hopping in, make sure you hit that like button. If you guys are want to get into our t-shirt jersey giveaway at the end of the stream, all you got to do is leave a timestamped comment down below this video, and we'll get to it for next week's video. And we're going to pull our qualifiers from last week's Talking Jet stream. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I want to chop it up. I want to talk about, I guess, let's start with the Bills or the Jets and Patriots game. How we feel about that. We finally get the monkey off our back as far as the Patriots go. No more 15-game losing streak. Um, Matt, I'll throw it to you first. How are you feeling on the Jets' win over the Patriots? Um, going to be honest, it doesn't really move the needle. I thought it would move the needle more. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not, like, mad that they – I'm not going to come on the show and cry and be like, oh, my God, they went from pick seven to pick ten, fold up the franchise. I'm not doing that either, but mm – -hmm. I guess my go numb really came to fruition because I don't have very many feelings on this. It's like, okay, like, cool. It was nice to see Bill Belichick walk off all bundled up, you know, with the, the mask onto his eyeballs, the hat with the logo facing the wrong way, you yeah. know, walk off the time <laughs> maybe one more time. But it, it's, it's, I'm happy for the players because you could see in the post game, you know, win cam, they're all, they're all excited going nuts, but. I thought I'd be more excited about it than I am. It was very like, oh, okay, like that happened. That's cool. What about you, Green Bean? You kind of feeling the same way? No, I I uh, I get what Matt's saying, but I have to say, um, I uh, like I was, 
I kind of prepped myself to be happy with whatever happened. Like we could have went all the way up to six and that would have made me really happy. Right. I'd be, I'd be talking people off the ledge and all that shit. But I got to say, um, you know, seeing the players like uh, number one, seeing a nice snow game was good for me. That was good. We're in Foxborough. We haven't beat them in Foxborough since I, we boy green, I think was talking about it earlier since Brett Favre was the night. No, I can't. No, no, no that can't we be right. It had to be the last the game of the season. The I think it's the last game of the them. season. We haven't beaten them since Brett Favre. No, that can't be right either. Cause I'm pretty sure we lost no. our last game with Favre, but we beat them in the playoffs. Well, either way, it's been a long time, right? So, uh, it was nice to beat them in front of their, in the front of their, uh, fans. There was a guy who reached out to me. I just forget. I know the person is a commenter, but, um, you know, a viewer of the channels and everything, but uh, I forget who it was, but they were at the game, right? So they don't get too many Jets games. They were up there. They were at the game, and they said that the Patriot fans that, that they were around were completely just overrun with cockiness. The Jets will never beat us here. Like, that's the way they were holding themselves. Mm. And he said, like, the whole, like, first half, he was, like, seething, like, just come on. And the fact that they did beat him and he got to like see that on their faces, like there's value in that. And the yeah. other thing that there's value in is, uh, well, there's a couple, but seeing, I think, you know, Matt just mentioned it, but I think Bill Belichick was genuinely upset by that loss. Like he, usually he kind of walks over to Salah. I mean, he's like, he's a grumpy, you know, he's a jerk that, that, that Bill Belichick but he always, like, you know, he shakes hands with Salah. He gives him a little something. He says something. He just kind of shoulder bumped him. You know what I mean? Like, Salah even looked surprised by the bluntness of uh, of the – I'm getting told I have a sound issue. Do I have a sound issue, everybody? Um, that's what I'm being told. All right, all right whatever. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. But I don't know what to tell you. Reverb, he said. Well, that's good. Reverb is good. I like reverb. So there's value in that too. But the other thing, Ryan, is that I really enjoyed, like we went into that game, Brees needed like 180 and change to get to a thousand. And I, it made the game exciting for me. The fact that he got there was crazy to me. So like that was, um, you know, that was fun. Like it made the game fun. We had something to go for, uh, 1,600 um you know uh, all purpose yards and i can't believe that we have yet more incompetence to uncover we did we had no idea that our stat guy was a complete loser maybe, maybe he's been telling hackett and sala we're good no we don't need that maybe he's been doing that shit all year man maybe he's the reason zach sucks you know who knows but so it was like we here we were i was completely livid like they made me they pulled me in i could give a shit one way or the other right and they made me care we were six yards at the time i thought it was four yards but we ended up being six yards away and we had 13 seconds and two timeouts to do it we had it you know what i mean mm -hmm. we had it so anyway i thought like you know now that we did beat them and we did end the streak and we did piss bill belichick off and breeze did get in my neighborhood 994 is a grand man you know, so I think Brees getting a thousand yards uh, was exciting. So yeah, I'm I'm okay. I feel pretty good about it. Um, you know, I think Trevor Simeon, uh, you know, with his fucking what seventy yards, whatever he got, you know, he kind of 
We don't have to worry about him uh, mucking up the works, being our, our long-term backup to Aaron Rodgers or anything. That's positive. So, you know, I don't know. I Coming on the back end of it, I'm good. I'm good. Dustin Bowen says I have an echo. Euphoria says I'm good. Weird, right? Yeah, it's weird. Like half the chat or half the commenters are like, Green Bean's got an echo, but the other half oh. don't have it. I don't hear anything wrong with you on this side. Yeah, Euphoria says, oh, wait. Yeah, a small echo. <laughs> <laughs> Small sounds, is good. Sounds going to be a little bit of an issue then maybe tonight. Ah, it's stupid. Very <laughs> dumb. As far as this game goes for me, I was excited to watch it because it gave me vibes of that Jets-Steelers game with Curtis Martin and Brees going off just yeah. like Curtis did. And he beat Curtis's like numbers and like that was really cool to see. It just, he's so good. And to see him have 1,500 all-purpose yards and nine touchdowns, that's something like fresh off an ACL. I really think he deserves comeback player of the year more than either Hamlin or uh, a Flacco. Same with Tua, same with Brock Purdy. Like, I feel like there's a lot of guys that, that could deserve it. But Brees has been something really special to watch this year. I feel like the the losing of Belichick was definitely a nice feeling. Like, I'm glad it upset him. It made it, it brought a little more validation to me. As far as, like, the draft pick goes, falling from seven, or, or I guess we were eight, and we fell to ten, and we could have gone from eight to six with a loss. I'll be honest, I, I don't, know if six does it for me because i think i guess we would have been in front of the titans so you you get one of the two tackles most likely realistically mm -hmm. but i feel like the value for me i didn't i didn't think there was a good enough chance that those teams were going to win like i didn't see the giants beating the eagles i didn't see uh the titans beating the who did they play they beat the jaguars is that right or does yeah that's right um I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those things for me that I just don't, uh, I couldn't get myself all worked up about the same way I was with the commanders. Like the commanders win was it that one hurt because we failed from a coaching perspective in the second half of that game. And I thought it was disappointing with this game. I felt like we kind of dominated the entire game, uh, you know, given the weather and all the stuff like that. It was, it was just a lot of fun to watch, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was very, kind of anticlimactic and i definitely feel some ways that matt feels and i'm just happy the season's over i'll be honest <laughs> i'm glad we're not talking about what we're gonna do for the next game and all this like you know we couldn't fix anything in season there was no trades there was no players available things of that nature so now we get to hit a little bit of a reset button and come back in fresh for 2024 we are undefeated in this calendar year so far matt you uh, you feeling good about this undefeated streak we got one and oh yeah, it's going to lead over into next season like it always does. It always bleeds over into the next year. The positive. Uh, it just always happens. Always happens. Um, I saw Blitz Crew came in with a super chat. Let me find that real fast. Uh, Blitz comes in and says, where is it? Sorry about that. Blitz Crew. Maybe you took it away. Nope, there it is. Bam! Got it. <laughs> Figured out posting the wrong links in the wrong things. <laughs> uh, Blitz Crew says, not happy or angry about the win. Just is what it is. Time to see what we can get in the draft at number 10. I'm really looking forward to it. And I, I released a video for my five prospects that I think the Jets should consider at number 10, at least right now. And that, that's definitely going to change as the free agency period happens, as things go into... Uh, you know, combine, senior bowl, all that good stuff. Guys, you know, fall and, and rise based on, on events that happen. 
But have you guys done any preliminary like digging around as far as who you might want at number 10 right now? Matt, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, so I am hoping, I am talking myself into a scenario where quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10 mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to see Olu Fashanu be there at 10. That's a, It's a stretch. It's a stretch. But every single year, and Green Bean always says this, and he's so true. He's like, there's 50 guys who are absolutely going in the first round every single year, and there's no way that this guy falls out of the first round. And I'm not saying that. Fashan who's falling out of the first round, but I don't know. No one thought that Jermaine Johnson was going to be there at 26. Weird stuff happens sometimes. So I'm holding out a little bit of hope, but I think most realistic is Fuaga. Um, mm. out of yeah. I, I think that is the most realistic option and I'm okay with it. I, I think he is extremely, extremely solid in the run game. He might be the best run blocker um, of that group. Pass pro could probably use some more work. But I just love the intensity that he plays with. I think it's going to translate well at the next level. He's violent. When he blocks, he finishes the block. It's a lot of fun to watch him. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. His strength of schedule was an eighty was eighty third in the country. It's the worst of all the offensive tackles that I've looked at in the like the first round, kind of where we think the the top ten pick would be. But I would agree. I think Fuaga is going to rise up draft boards, and I think we're going to see him in play for number ten. Greenbean, what about you? Is that the same player you were looking at? Yeah, it is. Um, and it's the guy I want, um, quite frankly. I know he's um, he's a right tackle, really. Mm-hmm. And this is the kind of the scenario that we ended up. Remember 2020, our first ever draft together? Oh, yeah. Um, we were, uh, when, when the uh, 11th pick came up, we had ourselves a robust conversation. And we all landed on Werfs being the pick. Partially because we thought it was safe, right? Like, we, he was a safer player than Becton. But our concern was that he was really a right tackle, but that he had the athleticism to bounce over. That was the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think Fuaga can do either, um, but he's really a right tackle. And I think uh, he's he's an animal, man. And I'm just beginning my dig into him. I will say, you mentioned the Senior Bowl. Uh, Green Bean Sports Network uh, has two, count them, two people heading down to the Senior Bowl, everybody. Uh, to report for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get all kinds of good nuggets from down there. I, It's funny, man. I, I keep vacillating like back and forth. I have decided I'm not going. And then every two or three days I go, I, I can go. I, I can, I can go. I wish I could go. I like I, the two kids here. I just, I, I can't do it, but man, I know Dom C's going. Who's the other person Dom's that's going? Um, egghead. Oh, you're sending egghead for what? What kind of intel is again to bother Dom to hold Dom C's mic? (laughs) Oh, okay. Is he reviewing pizzas down there or what? You know it. He's like, the pizza down here is terrible in Mobile, you know? (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Jeremy's going, it's his first time going down there. It's it's an interesting thing because like it takes like a day or two and then you kind of really feel comfortable down there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, and it sucks because I would like to go back because there's a lot of like, barriers that were there last year that i would walk Mm. right by this year you know what i mean (laughs) (laughs) and like dom and i were kind of we were just cutting our teeth like with the Mm. interviews and stuff and there were people that were more aggressive than us like um what's the guy's name that i really liked i I just can't what's the the offensive lineman with no teeth what's his name again cody mock yeah mock Mock! (laughs) 
<laughs> he was the he was like among if not the biggest star down there. He's a, mm-hmm. he just stood taller than everybody. He had the most like um you know reporters with like cameras like legit people were like following him around and it was hard to get him. Let me tell you dude, if I was there this year cuz we had a couple of opportunities, we had a couple short windows. I would walk right up to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We were kind of hesitant and tentative and and all that stuff. So I feel like Dom's going to do a much, much better job this year. And Jeremy, with it being his first time, I think Jeremy's a little bit more um, uh, shameless than I, you know, than I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Jeremy doesn't matter. I think too much. It's not a positive. It, it can be, but mm. it's a, but it's, <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's um, like, sometimes I just, I, I hold back a little bit, a little much. Mm-hmm. Like the consideration of the respect of the, and Jeremy will walk right through it. You know what I mean? Jeremy will go, Hey, come here. You know? So I think that'll be good. I'm going to give those guys. Uh, so I gave Dom a, like a wireless, uh, like interview mic um, last mm-hmm. year, but I'm going to get him a better one. And uh, I might uh, tell Jeremy I'm getting him one and never send it and lie and say, it's all <laughs> <in the mouth." laughs> at least they'll have one. <laughs> they, they could talk into it together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. As far as the the top 10 pick for me goes, I uh, I'll, I'll go a different route just cuz you guys picked Fuaga. I like Fuaga. I think he's probably I think he's probably the betting favorite by the time everything's all said and done uh to go high. Right now it seems like Latham is the highest rated tackle outside of um uh Fashanu and Alt. I uh I think Amarius Mims is also going to rise up boards. He's he's projected somewhere between 20 and 30 right now. But I would say if the Jets find a way to solve one of the tackles in free agency. Like, let's say they go after a Tyron Smith or a David Bakhtiari or a Trent Brown or a Jonah Williams, something like that. Doesn't matter. Left or right tackle, whatever your flavor of the week is. I really think AVT is going to move out to tackle. So at that point, they may not feel that tackle is a first round need if they've financially committed to to the two tackles already. And then you would target an offensive lineman in the third round or maybe a second round if you can somehow get a second round pick. But that opens up your number 10 pick, I think, for the weapon that you're looking for. And Rome Odunze is very exciting, contested catch guy, six foot three. He's number one in the country in deep catches, number one in the country in contested catches. Very cool to, to see him play. Uh, but outside of that, I really like Brock Bowers. I am a big Brock Bowers fan. It's almost like hitting two birds in, with one stone. It's like, don't think of him as a tight end. Think of him as like a tackle wide receiver hybrid. It is so impressive to watch him crack bo- crack blocks. It's like if we have one tackle that is slightly weaker, I would line him up in line, have him chip, and then go out and do a you know whatever he's got to do. And then if he's you know in the run game, he's going to be able to to dominate as well. I, I just I would love to draft that type of player. And I'm not usually one for tight end in the first round particularly very early. Like, I don't like what happened to Kyle Pitts and and him going number four overall. But when I look at the draft board in front of us, I kind of see either Bowers is going to go in front of the Jets and I think Fashanu or Alt falls to us, or I think both tackles go in front of us and then it'll be the decision. Do you want offensive tackle three, four, or five? Do you want wide receiver three, four, you know, whatever? Or do you want like the number three, four player overall in the draft? And I think that's what we're going to have to balance. I, If you guys are upset with Bowers or you haven't, like, you're just kind of pushing him out of the mind for tight end, I highly suggest watching him because he is incredibly impressive. 
Yeah, you know what? I I uh, I need to watch more, but I did. I think it was it might have been um, Dylan from Jet Nation or maybe Tigo, mm. and they and I like the way they said it. Um, and then it's maybe they heard it somewhere. I don't know, but uh, they said he's not a tight end; he's a weapon, mm-hmm. right? So he can do so much more. And and I and I did watch. Um, you know, I watched like two highlights and half of a. There was a guy out there breaking him down, like why he's special and all that mm. shit. So I didn't get too deep, but I did. But he would be a, he would be an exciting guy if we do something to address, like you were mm-hmm. mentioning. Like, let's say we bring in one and or two, um, you know, uh, tackles. Like we bring in a Trent Brown, which is who I think we're grabbing, by the way. And mm-hmm. I think we'll grab Bakhtiari. Trent Brown um, had a very low contract, considering, and I don't know if he'll do that again. Um, he was still at the tail end of that big contract he got. Uh, when the when he left the Patriots, he was a left tackle with the he Patriots. He left the Raiders, I think, is what you're talking. Because he he went from Patriots to I think Raiders to back to Patriots. Yeah, I'm but I'm mistaken. saying like I think he was still kind of at the tail end of that contract he got from the Raiders yeah, when yeah. he left. And that was a huge contract that he got. Mm-hmm. Um, so his cap hit was still high, but he was only getting like I don't know. I, I looked before, but like two three million, whatever it was, something like that. So maybe you can get that guy for like ten million bucks. Where, you know, some of the guy, I think um, Jonah Williams being five years younger or so, he's going to be expensive. You know what I mean? Even though he might not be the, you know, that usual premier left tackle on the free agent market, he's going to be treated as su- such. Um, so I don't know. I wouldn't, if we were like, let, let's say we brought in Bakhtiari and Trent Brown or Jonah Williams and whoever, we mm. did that, I would be okay with Brock Bowers. I mean, like, and I look around. I mean, I I've seen him as high as the fifth overall player. Did you see? You said you yeah. Saw I would him say the third. No, 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 no. I I would say. Oh wait, on in the draft or talent wise? Like, in the entire draft, like talent wise, like talent you know, wise. Big I've seen people refer to him as like the fourth best guy. I've seen uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I've seen Alt, and then it's usually some combination of one of the quarterbacks and then. Uh, Bowers is usually sitting somewhere around there. I think, let me see if I can, I don't know if I could show you guys this. You might not be able to actually keep talking and then I'll, I'll fix. Our boy project prospect with Dom C is in the house. um, And he's saying that uh, Bowers can also play in the slot. So um, he can, he can, you know, he can fucking do all kinds of fun stuff. Um, and he's like, you know, like a lot of a few, a lot of what I saw was like really difficult catches, man. Like whether it's contested catches or, you know, having to contort his body and then still being able to like, you know, reach behind him, you know, the pass behind him, scoop it up, turn around, break a tackle, then juke somebody. I mean, he's got like all those skill sets. He's really an exciting player. It would piss a lot of people off, I think, to mm-hmm. draft a tight end in the top 10. But, um, again, it's all about what we do in free agency. If Joe Douglas does a good, a good job. And like, I made a joke earlier on the, on Richie's stream, which we missed you by the way, Ryan. Yeah. That the whole dad thing with Becca back at work. It's, it's tough. Two kids. You you did make an appearance at the end. I'm not sure if you know that. Richie texted me. He's like, are you in the background? I was like, no, I think that's Gator. I don't own a hat like that. Gator. (laughs) I'll have to take a look at it. I didn't see it. He had your room and everything. You know what he does. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But uh, so, uh, but yeah. So you know, we were talking about. I forget what I was saying, but uh, we were talking about stuff. your joke. 
What joke was you it? You said you made a joke on Richie's stream. Did I? Did I say that, man? Yeah, you it's getting did. too old. I made a joke. I made a joke on Richie's stream about, and then Ryan. I don't know if you knew this, but you made an appearance. So I don't know where you were going because you made a lot of jokes on that show. So it could be be a lot of. I did. Things. I announced that I was moving in with Jake. That was a fan <laughs> favorite. I, I like that one a lot. <laughs> I came, dude. It was like I made that decision three to four seconds before I said it. It was hilarious. I'm like, oh yeah. By the way, I'm moving in with Jake. We got lots of exciting stuff planned. Fucking stupid. But uh, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. Something about Dom, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck? We were talking about that. Brock Bowers. Does that yeah. spark it for you? And you were making a joke. Yeah, we were making a joke. It was Weapon... really funny. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. If you think of it, let me know. Blitzcrew comes in and says, uh, when, we ha uh, when have we ever gotten someone good at number 10? Being a little... Uh... Uh, hmm, I don't oh. know who it could be. So I guess this is a good, uh, you know what? Let's rip through these next two super chats real quick. And then we'll talk about some of the comments made by the player that we selected at number 10. Uh, Alex comes in with super chat says, I don't think Fashanu falling to 10 is a stretch. Chargers and Giants won't take a tackle. I don't know about that. I think the Chargers and Titans are the two that could take a tackle. The Giants, I think are going to go wide receiver. I don't think they're going to go another tackle that high because they already invested two first round picks, two top 10 picks or top six picks in uh, their two tackles. Plus they drafted um, the center, whatever the hell his name was last year in the second round. So that's a lot of assets on the offensive line. But I do think Tennessee is definitely taking a tackle. And I think the Chargers could take a tackle. Matt, where do you fall on this? I, I agree. I agree with a lot that you just said. Although, can I add in a wrinkle to the titans argument depending on who they hire mm -hmm. what if they go with a defensive minded guy and they're like i need to get a guy for my defense that that is me trying to spin it again i'm not saying it's sure. the most likely thing in the world i'm not saying there's a 90 we're talking maybe like 20 percent chance if that that this mm -hmm. happens but there is a route that it can happen a lot has mm -hmm. to break right the chargers could also be a team that could be in on brock bowers get a get a weapon for justin mm -hmm. herbert you know, I know they just spent a first round pick on a wide receiver last year, so I wouldn't think that they go back to the well, but they're I could gonna, see another I was going to say, they're going to lose some lose some players. They're pretty high over the cap, and I know Keenan Allen and uh, Mike Williams saved them about $43 million against the cap, and I think uh, Khalil Mack is going to get cut too. He's like a $23 million savings. So there was some thought, like if the Jets were to tag and trade Bryce Huff, would trading him plus number 10 get you up to number five to select the tackle you want? That would be an interesting uh, situation to have happen. I don't know if Huff carries that kind of weight to him to, to get you five picks up in the first round, but it would be uh, be interesting. Interesting. Greenbean, what about you? What do you think about Fashanu falling to 10? Do you see the Chargers and Giants taking a tackle? Or, or, or two teams in front of us taking a tackle, I guess. All right. All right. Let me take a look here because I don't think so. While you go, look, I just want to acknowledge Cause joining the only Thank you so much, Cause. Boys and girls, hit those milk thumbs. Scoodly doodly doo. I like that scoodly doodly doo. Yeah, it's good. It feels good to say. It does. It's just. Scoodly doodly doo. It sounds right. like Scooby Dooby Doo, but Scoodly Doodly Doo is like it, yeah. it's different. It's definitely different. It's definitely different, but it's like yeah, it does sound like Scooby Doo, but it's not. 
I like it. That's going to be a thing. That's our next thing. Scoobly I'll have to get a drop. Skiddly doodly do. <laughs> yeah. Say it real clean right now, and then I can clip it for next time. You want me to do it like the Scooby, though? Like I do it right it? now. Watch. I'll, I'll go like this, and I'll like... Wait, wait, so that way, when I skim through the video, I can find it real fast. So my hands are flying around. All right, now say it. Scooby doodly do. Is that good? I love it. <laughs> That'll work. We'll get a clip of that. <laughs> All right, you got your draft board up. What do you think of the, the teams in front of us? Uh, I think... All right. Who's... All right, all right, all right. We got Carolina up top. With the, They gave that shit to the Bears, thankfully, to the Chicago fans. Uh, they're not taking a tackle up there, right? But they might trade back, and who knows where they go, because I could see them taking an offensive lineman. Um mm -hmm. The commanders are not taking a, a tag. They're taking a quarterback. New England's going to try to take a quarterback. I think New England's going to trade up with Chicago. That's what so I do. So do I. Um, the Cardinals, um, could they take a tackle? Who they, they, well, they, if, I mean, they're committed to Murray. I would so, say they would take Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, if he's That's there, his floor. Right. But I think, but here's the thing. I, I, I honestly believe if Chicago trades back to three, New England jumps up for a quarterback, I think that the Bears are all over Marvin Harrison. So if he's gone, mm -hmm. what do you think? You think that they take Alt or Fashanu? I don't know. Um, Who's their left tackle? They just drafted Paris Johnson yeah. recently. Mm. That was a first-round pick last year. Yeah. Okay, then. All right. Then maybe not. So the Giants, they just invested. They have Andrew Thomas, right? They just invested in Evan Neal, even though he, uh, you know, didn't come out of the gate like they would have liked. Um, but neither did Andrew Thomas. Don't forget, guys. Oh, yeah. Right. If, the, if any team understands that it might take a second, it's the Giants, right? Um, so I don't know. I don't think they're using first round capital on a tackle. No, I don't. The Titans. I think they're definitely going to do one just because the their yeah. offensive line was a little bit in shambles and they just took the quarterback last year. Well, they're still recovering from Keith Carter, don't you? Know? <laughs> but, but they took Peter Skaronsky in the first round last year. That's true. Skaronsky's kind of like an, a chess inside? piece, though, right? He's like he's yeah, everywhere this year. And, and I think if I were to guess, most likely they would go offensive tackle. But mm -hmm. I'm spinning my they, they might go defense narrative here. Mm. Um, manifest it <laughs> yeah, yeah and the yeah. thing is at that point it's going to be the first defensive player we're like in the past couple years our edges and cornerbacks were kind of consuming the front end i mean look at 2022 the first overall pick was a defensive a defensive end then you had aiden hutchinson then you had stingley who was the number two pick that year well was walker it, it was, was hutchinson right yeah it was, it was hutchinson. hutchinson walker was the first pick right so it was walker hutchinson stingley sauce Yep. You know, then who, Thibodeau, who Neal. Thibodeau, Neal. Yeah, so the top five were defense. This year, that's not going to be the case. So if you're looking for defense, you're sitting at seven. You can get the number one defensive player off the board, whether it's the uh, the edge uh, or, or uh, you know, um, uh, I'm just his name is escaping me. Uh, there's two of them. But um, then you got Kool-Aid, right? Mm -hmm. You know, depending on what you're looking. So they could do that. That's very realistic. The Falcons, they need all sorts of stuff. By the way, I want to point out that Arthur Smith was one of the guys um, that a lot of Jets fans had as, like, their number one coaching candidate when we hired Sala. And I just oh, want damn. to point out <laughs> that, 
you know, that guy sucked. He was seven wins every season. The guy couldn't get over 500. So thank <laughs> God we got Salah. See, that's what happens when you don't have a good backup quarterback and you roll the dice on Heineke and you have, uh, you know, a third round Ritter in there. Yeah, At least Douglas got Rodgers. That's the only if, if we rolled into the season with Zach Wilson, Douglas and, and Salah would be gone. There's no way. Rodgers saved oh, their skin. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, 100%. But then again, like if they didn't go Rodgers and they went some other direction, maybe that guy could have, you know, mm -hmm. who knows? Because Zach, you know, what, whatever. I don't have to do with that whole thing, but. Um, I think they, you know, Arthur Smith kind of got a raw deal. And then at the end, you saw, I mean, he just kind of put a big fat exclamation point on the season by telling that coach to fuck himself at the end of the. What did uh, you guys think of that with uh, Jameis changing the play at the. I, so I would say I don't like that they were in victory formation because yeah. that's an that's an injury risk. That's that's, hey, you're giving up, you know, we're going to take our foot off the gas. It's almost like defensive players like pushing through the victory formation to try and get like a fumble to happen. No, I'm with yeah. you, Ryan. I, I think if they let, lined up and ran a play and got into the end zone and Arthur Smith was bitching about them running up the score, I'd say F off, man. Like, just mm -hmm. make, make it stop. But I think the differentiation – the differentiation? Yeah, the it was good. No, stick with it. Whatever. Yeah, is that they were in uh, that they were in victory formation. Like, that I think is is cheap. Yeah, I was saying I love that Arthur Smith did that. That's what Oh, I the fire. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. No, I I like that he walked up to him and said that's some bullshit, bro. What mm -hmm. do you you know what do you what what's your problem? And what the guy the guy said that's understandable. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, it caught him off guard too. He's probably telling him like, yeah, I, I didn't call it. <laughs> it wasn't me. I don't yeah. know what happened. Which yeah, crazy I, offensive coordinator. I don't know how they didn't fire or cut Jameis immediately. I know he's on an expiring contract. His contract's going to void. But like, if if you send a player in there to go victory formation and they deliberately go against you like you got to send a statement move oh, i feel like dennis allen like is weak with that uh i guess backing a, I, he didn't back anyone he was upset about it i don't know yeah. it's interesting well so let me just complete so let so who so atlanta would like so if there are two quarterbacks off the board at that point right because the well the giants could go quarterback everybody they they could they could um, I mean, the whole... Uh, I think they you know, go quarterback back of the first. They have two second-round picks. I could see them jumping up to get, like, a Penix or something like that if he's falling. It depends where he ends up. Yeah, there's... Uh, there, yeah, so, who? I mean, who knows, right? So let's say that they don't, right? Let's say that they go with another position or whatever. So we still have Tennessee... So Tennessee, we were talking tackle, we think. Well, with, um, yeah, with Atlanta... Atlanta, I think, is a prime candidate to get Kirk Cousins or uh, trade 43 overall for Justin Fields. Those would be the two things I kind of see them doing. But mm. if Jaden Daniels were to fall to eight, like they may not make the trade for a quarterback. Like if they don't get Cousins initially in free agency, they might wait on a Fields trade until seeing what's like who's at number eight. Um, I think that's that's a possibility. Otherwise, I think they go defense. Yeah, well, you know what, though? In my scenario, the Bears didn't take a quarterback because they're keeping fields, right? No, no, no. I'm saying um, uh, Atlanta. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Oh, oh, oh said, I see what you're saying. I, so, so, okay. Have, so they don't get cousins. They could go quarterback. Yeah, you're confusing me. Um, Not you, we. Yeah, yeah. But so, and, and uh, you know, it looks like, I, I just looked at two sites, too. They're saying that the Falcons' number one need, they're going to go edge. Yeah, uh, I see Dallas Turner as the, the top yep. guy. Yep, yep, yep. 
So which would make sense, right? Number one defensive player on the on the board. So you go and get your edge rusher. That's fine. So then if Chicago traded back, they're keeping Justin Fields and they take Marvin Harrison, that's where a tackle is going, in my opinion. I agree. I think so if that's that the- would leave one in that scenario. One of the two. No. Yeah. No, because we said Tennessee's taking a tackle. No, I said Tennessee is doing something better than. Oh yes, they're taking a tackle. It would be we'd be. I think realistically, I think we're looking at tackle three. Whoever that winds up being, oh, that's whether it be so painful. And that's I know that, where because the, that's the left tackle. They're the only two left tackles at the top of this class. And like you, yep. I think Mims could shift over. I think Latham's probably the least likely to shift over to right tackle or uh, to the left tackle. Yeah. Let me ask you this, though, Ryan. It, you know, mm-hmm. like, we have a lot of offseason left, and we know how this goes, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, like, in 2020, Andrew Thomas ended the season as the consensus number one tackle. And then all through the offseason, it was like he moved all the way back to behind Josh Jones and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it was – but then he ended up being the number one tackle. Yeah, but, yeah. So, but the truth is, is that teams fall in love with all sorts of players. So somebody mm-hmm. could fall in love with the Mims. Somebody could mm. fall in love with a Latham that he's, you know, the strongest player in the entire draft. You see his bottom, you know, from the waist down. I mean, he looks, he's as thick as thick gets. His ass, Je- his thighs, his calves. He's like I was going to say, mess. Jet fans have like a, a like a, a complex right now with big left, uh, big tackles. They're like, Becton scared him away from Latham, I think. Yeah. Because he's a pretty big dude. I mean, I, th- I think he's like 20 pounds lighter, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I would say he's not as 30 pounds as lighter? Becton. He's an inch yeah, shorter too. They're saying six six three thirty three. Becton was six seven three sixty three seven. Yeah, yeah. three sixty seven at the time. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I guess there, the point I'm making is that there's a chance there there is a realistic path to getting one of them. But I agree with you. I think it's far fetched, and uh, we're more than likely looking at tackle three. Tankathon right now. Uh, they have Bowers going to the chargers at five and they have alt falling to 10. (laughs) If that's right, I'd be tickled pink. Tickled pink. Imagine Joe Douglas takes like Romo dunes. I would cry if alt's on the board. If alt or Frashano are there and we take anyone other than them, I'm going to be kind of upset. (laughs) Those are the only two players I have ahead of the, like everyone else. I would say my, my board is alt Fashano, and it's, it'll change. I'm sure. But alt Fashano. Bowers, Odunes, then I'm getting to like the Fawaga, Latham, Mims category. But I'd even consider trading down. Like I, I'm okay missing out on Fuaga and getting a second round pick sliding back like, you know, five to ten picks or something and taking another tackle, you know, down that way. That one I disagree with on. I, I think I like him enough to take him there at 10. I think even if it is on the right side, I think he's good enough that I would just that's a guy I want on my offensive line. Who Fuaga? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. He's my number three currently. I, I agree. And I would have no problem taking him. Yeah, I, I could see him being the the selection at that spot. Uh, Sawyer comes in and says, might be a hot take, but if any of the top three wide receivers are there at 10, we need to take them, even trade up. These wide receivers in past years have been known to adjust more quickly than recent tackles. So I agree, Sawyer, but I'm not necessarily on the wide receiver bandwagon. Um, I could, honestly, the O'Dunes is the third receiver, right? So if you're saying neighbors, O'Dunes and Marvin Harrison Jr., one of those three, Bowers is the other option. I think Bowers and O'Dunes are the two, uh, O'Dunze are the two 
guys that I'm looking at and saying, if they're there and we have solved tackle in some capacity, Greenbean mentioned, you know, getting Bakhtiari and Trent Brown, and then you have ABT as the emergency guy that you can kind of shift around. That's a situation where I think you go wide receiver or tight end in the first round. I think that's when you would pass on a Fuwaga, Latham, a Mims, something along those lines. Matt, what about you? Do you think any, are you, could you see wide receiver at 10 or are you kind of like more focused on the offensive line since that seemed to be our biggest problem? No, absolutely. I think it's totally in play. We have to see what happens in free agency, right? That could mm -hmm. totally change the conversation that we're talking about. Um, I think a Brown would be in play potentially. I do think that, you know, the, the Bengals tackle Jonah Williams could be someone who maybe is in play. I, I know you're really on this one with, with Bakhtiari. I don't, agree not just from because i don't personally want him but he's green bean so brought that one up not me <laughs> I, I brought bakhtiari up yeah you brought bakhtiari up tonight not uh, me. he's just been so against uh he's been so against the metlife stadium turf and he sat out a game this year in atlanta due to turf so i don't think he would sign up to play eight, you know half his seasons there uh, even though he's friends with rogers and the mm. jets need a tackle I, I i get that but i don't think he would sign so with a team that he's talked so much shit about their stadium with. Let's say we get a Trent Brown and he can play left tackle, right tackle, and they've determined AVT is one of the tackles. Are you still drafting a tackle and moving AVT inside? Or would you prefer to go with a wide receiver or tight end possibly at the top of the draft? Uh, I would be much more open to going with one of the receivers or Bowers at that point then. Greenbean, what about you? Top three wide receivers. What would have to happen for you to consider you know, the top three. Well, let me just make it clear. I only brought Bia brought Bakhtiari in because he's like in the ether. I was just using mm -hmm. him as an example. Okay. I wasn't saying I hope the Jets. Okay. I was just, I was just uh, protecting my, I shouldn't say protecting myself. Yeah. But, yeah no, you know, Matt said, I know you're on this Bakhtiari train, Ryan. I was like, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I'm not well, on it. I just now. said, I think it's going to happen. <laughs> and it's that's what I'm doing now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we want to make sure we're clear. Um, I, uh, I, I, well, you mean about the first three wide receivers? So it's Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik yeah, Neighbors, and Neighbors. Romeo, uh, Rome Odunze. Yeah. Well, right. You got Rome Odunze. And then there's the, there's the Keon Coleman, uh, fans. Mm. Um, you know, so he can be up there. But I, I don't think we're gonna, I don't think, I mean, I could see a realistic way that we do that. Again, it depends on what we do in free agency. I think that there is no way that they can't see offensive line as a number one priority. I know Sala brought up uh, weapons. I think it was Sala. Maybe it was Joe Douglas. I think they. I think um, all of them brought it up. You know, weapons to go alongside of um, Garrett Wilson. You know, get 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 him a, a, a partner, so to speak. So, I, I mean, maybe it's a top priority, and they just used a top 10 pick on a wide receiver two years ago. Uh, Joe Douglas has, um, you know, he's also used uh, high picks on wide receivers before. So, uh, I, I could see, I mean, two second-round picks and a first-round pick on wide receivers. So, it's not beyond the realm of possibility. But I think offensive line has to be the priority. If we can't fix it, I think the free agent class – this year has stronger, at least as it sits now, has stronger wide receiver possibilities than offensive tackle possibilities, legitimately. Um, so if you could take care of wide receiver, at least get one in here, 
Um, I, I do like the idea. I saw Glenn Naughton from Jet Nation was talking about it on Twitter, the idea of uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And, and I would love him, not as mm. the number two, but like to bring in, kind of mm. raise the, uh, you know, the quality of the overall group. And if you guys remember, Donovan Peoples-Jones was, was a guy I was, you know, pounding the table, figuratively speaking. <laughs> Is he one of the uh, six foot five guys, six four, six five guys? Is he a bigger um, dude? You know what? Yeah, he. Well, hold. I don't on, remember his profile. Well, I I, I remember li- I remember you liking him, Green Bean, though. You were yeah. you were pounding the table for him. In, that was the Bryce Hall draft. Yeah, that was twenty twenty. You're right. So yeah. and he made it all the way to the sixth. I remember. Uh, I couldn't believe that we were in town. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, why are we not taking this? How is he sliding like this? Uh, he's six two, Ryan. Six two okay. two twelve. Um, but yeah, but he's a, he's a kind of guy, like he's just quality he's solid, mm-hmm. right? He can have those games where he, you know, he does, uh, you know, really well, but overall, he's just a, a solid wide receiver, very dependable. I'd love to see him brought in. So like, let's say they go out and they get a T Higgins and they get a Donovan Peoples Jones. Um, not that there's still not work to do in the wide receiver core. You use your, your fourth on a wide receiver kind of a thing. Um, but that would totally take any pressure off of the consideration of wide receiver with your top overall pick. Because again, as we sit right now, we pick at 10 and then we don't pick, we wait 62 picks, which essentially is two full rounds, man. You know, essentially, right? It's, we got to wait a long time for our next pick. So there's a lot of guys that are going to be gone. So you got to go for, I mean, I know it's best player available. I get it but you got to take best player available at need. And when that tier is like, you know, you got Romo Dunes and Keon Coleman and Fuaga and like when they're all kind of in that tier, you go with the need. And um, I think tackle has to be looked at as a need. So I find it difficult uh, to believe. Here's what I really want to happen. Oh, this was the joke I made everybody um, before. Remember? Comes back around. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's, not, it's not really a joke, but it, it's like, you know, it's an extreme scenario. If we do trade Bryce Huff. $24 million um, franchise tag, by the way. Yeah, who cares? They're, they're, but there's going to be interest. There's, the people are going to want him, especially. My like, concern is Huff pain. says, I'm not signing an extension. If he says, I'm not signing an extension with anyone and he wants the tag, like Kirk Cousins wanted the tag, then we're screwed. Yeah, but he's not going to do that. If somebody says, I don't know, you never know what can happen, dude. You never know what can happen. If he just gambled says, on himself right, with the the second round tender, though. Yeah, but the franchise tag is twenty four million. Life changing money. That's what I'm saying. Twenty four million is a ton of money. I think he yeah, would gamble if, on that. Gonna, I know, man, but you can't live. You can't base your decisions on fear. You got to base it on educated decisions, right? You got to say, okay, there's about five to six teams that are legitimately interested in him. One of those teams is going to say, hey, we'll give you $19 million a year for four years. He's taken that. You know what I mean? He's as far as his end. He's mm-hmm. going to be delighted with that. He hasn't made more than $5 million yet. And up until this year, he was on an undrafted free agent contract. So, you know, he, uh, he's going to take it. He, he's not going to be the obstacle. And then you just get a second-round pick for a, you know, uh, what could be considered an elite pass rusher, mm-hmm. you know? So and and that's one of those things. Like, sure, teams can use their second round pick on a pass rusher, but they don't know what the hell he's going to be. Bryce Huff, mm-hmm. you know what he is. He's a proven commodity, and he's still on the ascend. And like he's saying, he wants to go to a place that'll use him full time. 
Mm. If a team believes he can be full-time, you know, uh, then they haven't even scratched the surface of his potential yet. You know what I mean? So uh, there's a lot there. Huff is going to be gone. So here's the scenario. Mm. If you get the second round pick, you could, so you take your tackle at 10. Let's say Alt slips, Fashanu slips, or you take Fuaga, right? You get one of mm. those three guys. And then you get into the second and you either you you know you 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 take one you know you take your fourth round pick like Joe Douglas likes to do or your fifth and you hop up into the back end of the first and then you grab you ready for this Ryan lad motherfucking McConkey oh there you go yes that's the guy we need and so you get your tackle you already got T Higgins you got some Donovan Peoples Jones and then you inject. Lad McConkey into this mix, and then you're looking at Brownlees and Gibsons of the world. They're way on the back end of this bad boy. You know what I mean? Uh, Gibson works on special teams. You know, Herb Charles, I believe, has has really worked himself into a uh, an active roster spot, predominantly on special teams. But we know he can play wide receiver if you need to. He's wide receiver six. Brownlees wide receiver five. Um, then you got, you know, you got uh, McConkey, Jones, Higgins, Wilson. Now we're talking with Joe Alter Fuaga at left tackle. We got a right tackle somewhere. Carter Warren's coming out of the box, whatever it is. Now we're talking. See it? Sn- Sneakers the Boots comes in, says, Fire Carter, bring in Munchak. I'm terrified that we go for broke and our left. uh, stranded with our pants down after Aaron Rodgers I can't do another rebuild so Rodgers uh kind of acknowledged the the last few two days or so um they're all on the hot seat him included he has to come back and he has to show that he's you know able to play again Douglas and Salah have to win games so not changing Keith Carter feels like a kid just putting his hand on the stove and saying ah it's hot and ticking it up and saying what if I do it again like, that's what it feels like. It also feels like a damning indictment on Zach Wilson. Like, this whole regime says, okay, we don't need to change anything with the exception of Zach Wilson, and this team's going to be that much better. Like, we can overcome all the hurdles that were on offense because of what we have available to us to bring into the team and getting Zach Wilson out of here. That, like, that's sort of how I read it um, with Keith Carter. Uh, Matt, what did you think about Carter still coming back? I think it's a joke. Um, I don't think he did anything to earn himself a job for next year and i know you're gonna get that well oh, the the injuries he plays a factor in those injuries because of how he runs those practices i mean taylor luan said it as much in the offseason this past year where veterans he felt like veterans were getting banged up as the year would go on because of how hard they ran the practices and they didn't get the rest that they felt he needed and guess what offensive line was insanely injured here as well and I, I really wish I, I made my peace with Nathaniel Hackett coming back. I don't agree with it, but I made my peace with it. I wish they were willing to change up some of these positional coaches because I think running back the same staff is a mistake. Grimmy, what about you? You think Carter uh, coming back is a mistake? Well, let me say this. I thought that he would be the guy to fall on the sword for sure. Mm-hmm. Right or wrong, I thought he was going to do that. I didn't love the job he did, um, but we don't know what his direction was with, uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, like I'm a big believer, like, all right, if you're down, you know, we're on our, 
you know, at right around the eighth offensive line, uh, you know, uh, alignment, and they're having difficulty picking up the stunts and the communication is off. I'm a big believer with going, you know what? Simplify this. Clearly, Xavier Newman and Phil Hansen or whatever the hell his name is, they're having difficulty. They're not ready for this, yet we're in a game against the Miami Dolphins nonetheless. It's time to go man. It's time to go straight up uh, power, uh, run, you know, power blocking scheme. Uh, but I don't think Hackett has the chops to do that. So, you know, what impact Keith Carter has, I'm not sure. But so I think he probably should have been fired. And I think, um, what's his name? The passing game coordinator. I always Todd forget Downing. this guy's name. Downing, right. Thank mm-hmm. you. I, uh, yeah, I think that they probably should have gone. But here, I, I think here's the positive of it. And they, I think this is probably what the Jets are thinking. We're trying to build something here. And you can't build something starting over every year. You know what I mean? So there's more value in, you know, having a year of mistakes, whether that's with a player or a coach and kind of learning from that, you know, already taking the lumps, so to speak, rather than bringing somebody else in here to take the lumps all over again, get to know the guys, see what the strengths are and blah, 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 blah. So I think they're just like, Hey, you know, um, Let's just keep, let's run it back. I think Boy Green said it in our show earlier uh, on, on Jets Media. They're all going to get their heads chopped off next year if they suck. Mm-hmm. So, like, why not just run it back? Like, the whole, just, why start, even for their sake, for Salah's sake, for Hackett's sake, for Ulbricht's sake, like, why start and, and bring in and develop a new positional coach? Just, we already got it with this guy, right or wrong, ups and downs, just let's run it back. So I, I I get that logic. You know what I mean? I, I can see the value there. Whether I agree is a different story, but um, I can see it. We've got NY Jets 24 coming in saying, Matt Ryan Greenbean, Jets need an impact starter at the 10 pick. All of the players you are discussing, discussing an offensive tackle, wide receiver, tight end, who can come in and contribute immediately? Love you guys. So that's where the the discussion of tight end and wide receiver becomes a little more, you know, maybe convincing or enticing because tackle prospects like we've seen with the Giants, with Andrew Thomas and with Evan Neal, they don't necessarily play their best immediately. And if you think that Rodgers only has one year, maybe you're more inclined to go with someone that can definitely help you this year. Although I would argue last year we thought the same thing and they did not do that. And they took someone that displaced someone that was a win now player in Bryce Huff when you have Aaron Rodgers. So I I don't know. Maybe they're if they're thinking Rodgers is definitely here two years, maybe they're fine with the, the offensive linemen or just building the line out in general. Um, but I, I like the quickness in which a wide receiver or a tight end could impact the game like a Laporta like we got that level of impact now you're talking an elite weapon in Brees Hall an elite weapon at tight end an elite weapon at wide receiver in Garrett Wilson and that has worked out well for the Chiefs I mean Kansas City has or had Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey you see out in uh you know the 49ers for example Kittle and Christian McCaffrey and I mean they got a plethora of wide receivers as well but I think having a playmaker at the tight end position in a win now type mode, I, I would agree with. So, and I would say the, the other three tackles might need a little bit more. T- I shouldn't even say the other three, even Alton Fashanu might be a little bit slower to the jump. I just like them because they're left tackles already. Matt, any thought to maybe having a slower um, impact on, the, on the, our number 10 overall pick? I mean, 
I guess the argument could be, can the tackle that you draft figure it out over the course of the year and be ready for the playoffs at that point? Because that's really, you know, maybe the most critical part. Well, I mean, I think we've seen rookie tackles play. Like, we forget Tristan Wirfs was the t- offensive tackle of the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in 2020. Like, it, it, and a it, Pro it Bowl ha- quarterback can make an offensive line look good, too, to your point. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Exactly. So uh, I wouldn't be scared off because it might take offensive linemen a little bit longer to develop, which is it's it's true. That is absolutely something that is true. But that doesn't mean that they can't be impactful pieces in year one. Greenby, what about you? You think uh, there might be some hesitancy to to bring in a tackle because it might take a little bit longer to develop them rather than a wide receiver or tight end? You mean through the draft? Yeah, number 10. Like, if we're thinking we need an impact player right now. Well, that, that's the whole thing with blue chips, right? That's why, like, when, when the people who were talking about you don't root for your team to lose or beating the Patriots or ending the streak, all those things, technically speaking, it's a meaningless game, right? So, like, mm-hmm. this is the area where the tanksters have a, have a lot of weight to their argument, which is... You know, blue chip, like, yes, there are first-round grades on X amount of players, right? And then you can get a great player at pick 32, sure. But the blue chippers, which is the guy, when they say blue chips, what they're really talking about are guys that are going to come in and come, you know, transition from the college level to the pro level without missing a beat. That's the projection. They're going to come in, and they're going to be impact players immediately, as you start to creep away from the top five, you creep away from the potential of getting an honest-to-goodness blue-chip player. So, um, like, let's say an alt slips back or a Fashanu slips back at the tackle position. I don't think there's a concern in the world uh, mm-hmm. with those guys. Now, with the Fuagas, the Mims, um, the Lathams of the world, I think there's a little bit more question mark. Uh, there and then we saw last year. I mean, there was that whole um, kind of that narrative about Aaron Rodgers doesn't want a rookie blocking for him, right? And we said, ah, at least I did. I said that's fucking bullshit. He just wants the best guy in front of him. And we saw, man, um, McGovern started over Tipman the whole and, until he was injured, mm-hmm. and then it was then we saw uh, Tipman get a shot there. So maybe there's credence to that. Maybe there's some some relevance to that argument. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he would be concerned. But I tell you what, if he was real comfortable with Dwayne Brown and shit last year, Dwayne Brown got that Achilles popped. So maybe he's going to be, maybe I'm going to reassess my opinion of the young studs. Um, so I don't know. I think there's there's clearly a question mark there. Um, but, dude, I mean, we've had vets in here. We've had all kinds of guys in here. Um, I could make the argument that the young guys have played better than the older guys. Uh, at least on the outside. I mean, even last year, Max Mitchell had a rough year this year, but last year when he played, he looked like we had something there. Um, so, you know, the last two years, I think the 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 case could be made that the uh, that the young guys have have done a better job than the vets we've had on the roster. So I don't know. I, I think it goes both ways with that, and it just depends on the talent level that you get, the character of the player. Um, you know, and, and all that, their work ethic, things like that. Um, I, I don't know. I think it could definitely be a concern, but it could also be exactly what you need. Douglas comes in, says, good evening, gentlemen. Any preference for this year's Super Bowl matchup? I want Browns versus Lions, two storied original NFL franchises that haven't won crap since the merger. So 
I there, see there's part of me that wants to see the Browns get it because there's almost this Carson Wentz mentality that kind of went into Flacco winning the Super Bowl uh, when Watson goes down, where Foles wins the Super Bowl, when Wentz went down, and then it kind of crippled Wentz. I wouldn't mind it crippling Watson. I really don't like him at all. Um, but I would prefer to see Lamar get his Super Bowl. I would like to see Baltimore, and I would like to see San Francisco. I would say one of those two. I like Lamar getting a ring, and I like Shanahan getting a ring. I think both of them deserve one. I think they were you know, coaching and playing at the highest levels in this league right now. And uh, you, I'm sure you guys have heard the Super Bowl logo for the last two years has been dictating sort of uh, the Super Bowl matchup. And this year it's red and purple, and the two one seeds are the 49ers and the uh, Baltimore Ravens. So maybe that's where it's headed. Matt, your thoughts. I like that uh, conspiracy theory. That's a good one. I I'm going to go... 49ers, they were my preseason pick to come out of the NFC, so that one I'm sticking with. Unfortunately, Joe Burrow got hurt, so the Bengals one uh, is not going to hold true. Um, I, I don't know who I'm going to have come out of the AFC yet. I feel like it's going to be a random. I, I don't think it's going to be the one seed. I don't think it's going to be the Chiefs, so I think it's going to be a team someone doesn't expect. I think the Browns are a good pick. I think it's Baltimore and the Browns are the two that no I'm way. like – keeping an eye on i don't think i think miami's gonna get their doors blown off i think uh what the weather is in kansas city for this game 15 degrees oh, well I the feels it. like temperature is negative this is love a miami going to a cold below freezing well well below freezing i think they're oh and seven or oh and eight in sub 40 degree weather yeah i i am i'm hammering the the chiefs so I think that the Browns are interesting. They're playing Baltimore in the first round, or I guess not the first round. Baltimore's got the bye. Who are the Browns playing? Browns are playing the, oh, the Texans. Um, Bad matchup uh, for Houston, by the way. Yeah, yeah, not great. My favorite matchup of the playoffs, though, is definitely Rams at Lions. I really, I like the Lions a lot. I would love to see the Lions get in it, but I'm, I'm, I, that's my favorite game that I'm going to be able to watch. I think. Outside of that, it, like. Buffalo, if they get hot enough, I don't know if they have the star power anymore to overcome a Baltimore-type team. Um, I don't know. I, I just, it feels Baltimore and, and San Francisco. Greenby, what about you? What are you thinking about the Super Bowl matchup? I think that the Ravens earned it, and I think that they should get it. And out of the shitty teams that I hate uh, in the bracket, my wife's from Baltimore, and, uh, you know, there's that. I'll probably go that way. Uh, as long as the Bills and Dolphins lose week one, which I don't see the Bills losing week one, but I do see the Dolphins having a realistic possibility of losing. That's enough for me. One a week is good for me. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's probably going to be uh, Ravens Niners. We'll get a repeat of that one. Uh, that's what I'm looking at. The Browns, I would puke which makes me think that's exactly what's going to happen. The Lions I'm more I'm fine with. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like dude, they've earned it and they're, you know, I I know Detroit fans. I've gone to a Detroit game back in the Pontiac uh, Dome uh years ago on Thanksgiving and they were great to me and I was there in my Boomer Esiason jersey at the time. They were playing the Bills, so I was legitimately rooting for the Giants. I mean, uh for the for the Lions. And, uh, and they were delightful. The whole place, from the parking lot to the seats and everywhere in between, they were gracious, friendly. Uh, they, 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 were, they loved to talk football. Like, it was good. And I was, I was probably, I think I was 
20, I was probably 20 years old at the time. So they were cool to me, man. I got nothing but love for Detroit. There are, there are brothers in pain, so to speak. Um, but the Browns, they can, they, they can fuck themselves. And, uh, and I don't want them to, I want them out. I want Joe Flacco to throw 104 yards in a big clunker, three picks. That's what I want. That would make me, I want Elijah Moore to fumble. That's the stuff I want, which means count. Nothing's happening that way. I want you to know that. But uh, I would love to see the Texans trounce uh, the Browns. So Radovan and Blitzker, I'll get to your super chats in just a second. Kevin, thank you so much for the 20 spot. Greatly appreciate it. He says, I don't quite understand the fascination the Jets brass has with Devontae Adams. The offensive line is the bread and butter of the team's offense. If the O-line can't block, it does not matter who the skill position players are. So I, I find it harder and harder to believe that Devontae Adams is actually going to be a New York Jet. Like, it, it just, it seems like he's an Antonio Pierce guy if the Raiders decide they want to hold on to Antonio Pierce rather than go after a Jim Harbaugh, I think Harbaugh is definitely coming to the NFL. It's just a matter of if he chooses the Raiders or the Chargers. I think those are the two teams that are in play for him. Raiders having the the inside track. And and would Devontae want to play for Harbaugh or is he looking to, to move at that point? Because he'd probably have to rework his contract or they'd have to agree to a trade post June 1st, but we'd have to know about that before the draft. And I don't know how that would really work uh, in terms of things, it's a massive cap hit. It's a $40 million dead cap hit if he's moved prior to June 1st. Um, as far as the traded for contract, it's not too bad. And I understand why the Jets brass is infatuated with him. It's because they're infatuated with Aaron Rodgers and everything that Aaron Rodgers wants, Aaron Rodgers has gotten so far. So like that's the, that's the, that's where it comes from. Um, I don't know. I'm not high on the Devonte Adams, you know, trade market. Um, but if guys start getting franchise tag, like let's say Higgins is franchised, Evans is franchised. And then, uh, you know, Pittman is franchised. And now you start really going down the list. You're like, okay, did Keenan Allen get cut? Do you feel comfortable with him on a one or two year deal? Do you feel all right about uh, Darnell Mooney or maybe a Hollywood Brown or something like that? I don't know. It's It, it changes my my feelings towards the Devontae trade. And if you can get him for a like a 2025 second, I think that's what I would do. I just don't know if that's going to be on the table with how big of a dead cap hit it's going to wind up being for the Raiders. Matt, your thoughts? Well, um, I, I understand the offensive line thing, but the Jets should be able to add a wide receiver and also fix the offense. It, it shouldn't be one or the other is a conversation like, oh, because they're in on Devontae Adams. Now they're just going to ignore the offensive line. Well, there's no first round pick. They have other free agency. It's $16 million uh, against the cap for Devontae in this upcoming year. And I think he is the best available uh, wide receiver. I, I now, if you want to take into account and say maybe Mike Evans or T. Higgins because they don't cost any draft capital, okay, that's a conversation that I'm willing to have. Sure, that's definitely part of it. But, man, I mean, in a terrible, terrible offense, he still put up 1,100 yards at 31 years old. I, I don't think we've seen the fall off from him, and he has unbelievable chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. I, I would be for it, if, especially if it's going to take – the third round pick this year and maybe another day two pick next year. I would do that. Oh man. If Ridley didn't get franchise tagged, like <laughs> at the end, I really like Calvin Ridley. I wanted to trade for him back when he was in Atlanta before he got suspended. Um, that's another, another player to yeah, maybe keep an eye on unless he gets the tag green bean. What about you? What do you think about Devonte Adams? Well, boy greens in the chat and uh, what's up, Paul. And uh, so he said earlier, that he believes the Jets are going to get Devontae Adams for, uh, I think he said, half a bag of chips, and then he said a half-eaten Snickers bar. 
uh, because of the age and the money and uh, and all that. So I would sign on for a half-eaten Snickers bar for Devontae Adams. I, I would have no issue with that. I don't think the uh, Raiders I mean, would, though. That's a massive dead cap hit for them. It's huge. Well, I mean, they're going to pay it one way or the other. At least this way they get the Snickers bar. <laughs> there, I, I guess. don't know. I mean, I think it's uh, – I mean, I don't know why anybody – like, I see what Kevin's saying – you don't understand the fascination with Devontae Adams. I don't understand how you couldn't be excited if that was to happen. Like, the truth is, is we talk all the time about Woody's money and cap, and, and they always figure it out, dude. Like, it's beyond us, you know, unless you're an accountant, you know, you're a CPA or something. I mean, maybe, you, maybe you can tell me a little bit more, but I'm not that. So every year when I get, oh, my God, but the cap – Dude, they always figure it out. Um, Saints have can, been like seventy-five million to ninety million dude, over the cap every friggin' year. For five years, remember that year they were a hundred and twenty million over the cap. They lost no one, no one. So it's like, what? It's all it's all smoke and mirrors. And if you're smart enough, you can do that. And the Jets have shown that we can do that. Like we've there 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 was a lot of manipulation. Uh, last year now we haven't seen it long enough to when it comes home to roost if it if it does but you know i think at the end of anything you know you're always going to pay the piper at least to some degree always but if you can just continually push you know who cares then just do it so like i mean think about adding Devonte adams and him not being the only wide receiver here so like if you bring Devonte adams to you know to pair with garrett wilson who's a young Devontae Adams in many, you know, in many ways. Um, and then you bring in a Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then you use your fourth-round pick on a, on a, on a you know, a, a young, you know, talented yet raw wide receiver. And then you still got the Gip and, uh, and those guys. Um, I think that's exciting as hell. I mean, I mean, why, if they can do it, then do it. As long as you're not giving up, like you brought up a couple weeks ago, Brian, or Brian, I just, that's the first time I've ever done that. Hey, Brian, how you doing, buddy? I called you Green Bay for like the entire off season. <laughs> it was hard not to. I did it. I called myself Green Bay. Um, but yeah, so like Brian said a couple weeks ago, as long as we're not giving up like next year's first or second, you know what I mean? Like something really premium for Devontae Adams. Like we're paying whatever we got to pay and we're giving up next year's assets, um, you know, premium assets. Then I'm fine with it, man. If you can make something happen and you, you take something off their books, um, you know, uh, you know, I think, yeah, sure. Do bring it on Devontae Adams. Don't forget Aaron Rodgers is going to be here one or two more years. Fucking give him his buddy. Give him the guy that he had the, like you said, the, you know, the high level of chemistry with alongside of Garrett Wilson and Conklin and Ruckert and Brees Hall and, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm going to keep saying that, by the way. I want to speak it into the existence It's there. such a fun name to say, too. I love his name. It's so Donovan great. Peoples-Jones. It's not just Donovan Jones. Peoples. <laughs> no, certain good. names. Certain names that just roll off the tongue. That's one that, like, is very satisfying to say. I feel yeah. like Fuwaga. Like Fuwaga. I mean, who has a problem with that? Did you hate Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker? Nope. Did you hate Wayne Corbett and Keyshawn Johnson? Did 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 we hate Al Toon and Wesley Walker? By the way, that's well, we had Brandon or uh, Bray Bray and uh, San Antonio Holmes. Did we hate that? You know what I mean? We loved it. Bring them on. 
I think it's gonna be interesting. It almost could be like, what would happen? It feels like it would be a year and a half after we started talking about the Devonte rumors because it started last year. But what about an in-season trade, like a trade deadline type move where like the Raiders are not doing well now? Their cap hit is not as crazy, and they might say, "Hey, you know, we're just gonna you know pull the plug at that point." And for the Jets, Devonte already knows our offense. He knows the offensive coordinator. He was in it for a bunch of years. Like, could you see an in-season trade, or do you think this has to happen like in the off-season? Matt, I'll throw it to you first. I'm going to say in the offseason because I don't think the Jets could afford to go into the season and have major question marks at the wide receiver spot. Like if they're in a in a position to where they need to be trading for Devontae Adams you know, nine games into their season, I, I think that's a that's a big issue. It might be one of those situations, though, where it could be like, uh, let's just add another weapon or someone gets hurt. Uh, because his contract is one year, 17.5 million. So at that point, you'd only be paying about $10 million for him for the remainder of the season. And it could be like, hey, we're not going to extend him right now because if Rodgers and this thing doesn't work out, we're going to reset everything anyway. I just don't I don't know what the what the Raiders would necessarily think of that. Greenman, could you see an in-season trade possibly? The only problem I have with that is like we're – we're kind of betting on fantasy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, number one, the Raiders got to be in, a, in trouble, right? They got to be willing to get rid of them. Number two. Well, that would be it would be assuming that, like, they are not trading him, like, in the offseason, I guess. Or we're not willing to give up enough well, to get right, him. Right, right. So to speak to that, I'd hate to see them bet on that. Like, I'd rather oh, just yes, get. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hitters. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, I would not. I, I, would I wouldn't. Just, I wouldn't wait for Adams. I would definitely address it first and foremost. Yeah, I just right. So if as long as we have, like, let's say hypothetically the Jets go get T. Higgins, we draft somebody in the fourth. Let me see who's there in the fourth round, buddy. I'm gonna scroll down a little bit. I'm gonna look at. Take a uh, look. Fourth, well, the fourth round is what picks, Matt? Like one. Uh, you got seventy uh, to hundred. It's like one sixty yeah, roughly. So one sixty. All right. Here's what we got in that range. We at least just the site I opened, uh, which is Draft Tech, which is my favorite by the way. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Michael uh, J. Michael Sturdivants from UCLA, Jamari Thrash out of Louisville, Isaiah Williams out of Illinois, uh, Jordan Whittington. So maybe we get a uh, you know good old Jordan Whittington, uh, six foot one, two oh five in the fourth. So we got Garrett Wilson, you got T. Higgins, and you got Jordan Whittington and uh, and and the Gip, and then so and then right around uh, late February, Devontae Adams becomes available, and they're like, "Hey, dude, we're willing to give him away for that Snickers bar that Boy Green was talking about." I would do that. I have no problem with too much talent. You know that 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 whole thing. Like we get all concerned. Remember at the beginning of the year, people are going to be upset. That we'd only have, we only have one ball and so many mouths to feed. Fuck that. I don't care. Just give me the players, man. And, like, we'll figure out the mouths to feed thing later when people aren't injured and sucking and all those things. You know, just give me the players. I would do that, but I would want to see us bring on a Mike Evans, a T. Higgins, uh, you know, someone. Somebody that's a quality you know, borderline number one wide receiver themselves uh, to go along with Garrett Wilson. I, I want studs, man. You know, I'm tired of, like, making do. We have Lazard, so he's going to be here. Um, you know, so he's part of the mix. Cobb will not be here, mm. uh, I hope. I would like to believe that, like, Gibson takes over that role. <laughs> I don't really want to have Cobb back. I don't want him to take up the roster spot, really. Um, 
Yeah. Real quick, uh, Trent Brown last year, uh, it says Trent Brown signed a two-year contract with New England Patriots worth $11.9 million base value with uh, $4.5 million available in incentives. So it was really like a, basically a one-year deal for yeah. $14, $15 million with the second year being a void year to spread out some of that cap hit. So you're looking at, right. you know, let's call it one year, 15 million maybe for him or, or somewhere around that ballpark. Uh, and I like the idea of pulling away someone that's flexible from a division rival to our team. The same way Miami has been taking our players down to them. I think it's a, a good move. Yeah, um, so that was an extension, huh? I, I thought that was the tail end of the. That was a new deal. Okay, yeah, yeah. So his, right, and I missed that. Yeah. So his, his history uh, let's see the, um, he was with the Raiders in 2019, his contract expired in 2021 and then he renegotiated 2022 and then had the 2023 deal, uh, for this year in some capacity. Uh, Radovan comes in with a super chat says not to be negative, but do you think retaining Carter and Hackett hamstrings our Super Bowl chances green bean for GM? Yes. I don't like Hackett. I don't like Carter in some capacity. I think they are a negative more than they are a positive, unless your idea is just that, you know, since Rogers is here and those guys are just part of the equation, um, you know, it's just a necessary evil. Matt, you think uh, Carter and Hackett hamstring the Super Bowl potential? I think it could. That's definitely a concern going into next year. I don't think anyone should be going in and be like, oh my God, optimism, baby, Nathaniel Hackett and Keith Carter are coming back. It's holy shit. I hope they don't blow it for us. Blitzcrew comes in, says, watching our offensive line this year, Aaron may be okay with gambling on a rookie offensive lineman. Did Becton and Mitchell regress under Keith Carter? So that's the that's my biggest issue, right? Like, mm. if you're not changing the offensive line coach and everything's staying exactly the same as it was this year, like, I don't see how Becton improves. I don't see how Tomlinson improves. Like, it, it felt like they were just confused on every stunt, not just those two, everyone across the offensive line. Like, I think there's far too much talent. And I, I let's bring this up right now. The Garrett Wilson and Sauce comments talking about, like, getting together with the coaches, something's got to change. We have better talent on this, on this team than what we've seen. It's unacceptable. We need to start winning. Like, that to me tells me the players are clearly understanding and clearly seeing what I think a lot of fans are seeing and saying like, why is offense hard for us? Garrett Wilson standing on the sideline. He's saying that looks a lot, a lot easier over there. They got backup quarterbacks. They got backup offensive linemen. Why is it so fucking hard for the jets to figure this out? Matt, your thoughts on, uh, I guess the offensive line regressing potentially with Becton and some of the other players and, you know, I guess some of the comments made by Sauce and Garrett as well. And then great. Yeah, I was gonna say great comments from both of them because they are they are spot on. And I look at that as a leadership thing from both of mm -hmm. them. Like we need to like this can't happen again. This is an area we need to get better. It's not I'm gonna, you know, bitch and moan and get my way out of here. It's we gotta fix this kind of a thing. And so I don't want to go too nuts into what i'm doing tomorrow on uh the podcast but something that i want to do is look at i have five crazy stats from the jets 2023 season and Ooh. one of them has to do with how bad the offense is they had 11 passing touchdowns on the season mm -hmm. the, the last time a team had less than 11 was, was the, the chiefs, no, oh. the chiefs <laughs> in 2012 who went two and 14 so they're like the levels of 
ineptitude on offense is something like we've never seen. And it's got to be so frustrating to see what the defense, a top three unit in the sport, the special teams, a top five unit in the sport are doing. And the offense, it's like trying to, you know, the caveman to try to discover fire. They can't figure <laughs> it out. It's Zoolander. The files are in the computer. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. But yeah, but to Blitz Crew's point, 100%. That, that absolutely could be a factor. And it's because the offensive staff stinks. The offensive staff is not good enough, which is why you should all be upset about guys like Keith Carter, Todd Downing, Rob Calabrese. Um, who's the, the Nathaniel Hackett? Guy? Well, Hackett, obviously. <laughs> but like I said, I made my peace with it. Uh, Taylor Embry. Like, mm. what, what did they do? Who did they develop? To, to get this job back. I, I really don't understand their job security. Um, and it's, it is absolutely a legit concern with Carter being here and the regression for some of those guys. Greenbean, I want to hear from you. What did you think of Sauce and Garrett's comments about the offensive side of the ball and coaching and like, we need, we can't have this happening again. What were your thoughts on those comments? This was the worst year of my life, dog. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you Worst what, two years of his say. life. It wasn't even just this coaching staff. It was like a two-year thing. This is what I would say to Garrett Wilson. You're a young fella, and it was a hard year, and we respect that. But welcome to our existence, buddy. This is what we've been doing for 30, 40, 50 years. This is our life. So welcome aboard, friend. Don't give up. Just keep going. Don't be a don't be a candy ass. Uh, work through it. That's what I would say. But he also said some interesting things about uh, how uh, how Aaron Rodgers would call. And then he said some other things. But he basically said, look, man, with Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is the real offensive coordinator. That's what I read into it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm thinking too much. Um, did you see guys... Yeah. Did- I was going to say, did you guys see the McAfee show and, and Rodgers alluded to him develop, like making the plays? There was there was a comment in there that said, I designed the I designed that or something like that for the, the last few weeks of the season. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. And I, I don't know if that was like a historic thing, like like in the past, like he he helped develop it or if it was like current. Well, I think that there's a look, I think we've been kind of hinting at it and dancing around it all year. Like the reason that Hackett's offense would be okay with Aaron Rodgers is because it's not Hackett's offense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it, there's the ability to like look, we saw a really good example of it in in two instances, right? We saw the little hand nod that Aaron Rodgers developed with uh Garrett Wilson. Uh, that the you know there's a run play called and the whole team still thinks it's a run, but only Garrett Wilson, Aaron Rodgers knows it's going to be this play. He's going to throw a little back shoulder, uh, you know, to the to the receiver, and so that's one thing. But remember, in I think it was Hard Knocks, I think it was the Bucks in the practice, you know, the joint practice. Mm-hmm. The linebacker was creeping up, or the DB, and Aaron Rodgers said, "You're not coming, so why don't you just back up, like." He's able to see, and he and then he didn't come. He didn't. He it was just a fake. He was kind of stepping to the line, doing that whole thing that they do, and it's like he can see that. He knows well because of that defense. In response to what we have here, you're not coming. Like he can see. Hackett has no fucking idea. We get delay of games on fourth and and three. You know what I mean? Like that's Hackett. 
Aaron Rodgers is it. So I think when Garrett Wilson, they, you know, he was asked, do you think Aaron Rodgers fixes this? He's like, yeah, I, I do. You know, and here's why. Number one, he's more talented than the quarterbacks we trotted out there. Number two, he's the offensive coordinator. So we weren't just without the quarterback. We were without the offensive coordinator who it's not just about the plays that we have in the book. It's about what's able to happen when we're on the field. Once it's seen, it's like, this is what we're doing, everybody. Aaron Rodgers can do that. Zach can't. Tim Boyle. Well, Tim Boyle maybe can. I mean, he's known as very, very smart, very, very talented. So we don't know about him. But Trevor Simeon, you know, these guys aren't doing that. Aaron Rodgers can do all that shit. And, you know, it's like when guys, you know, the a lot of the Zach, you know, the, the Zach defenders at all costs, they say, you know, not even Aaron Rodgers would change this. I disagree. It's not to say that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be dealing with the same line, but there were many, many plays where the pressure was right there. But like, and we saw it with Simeon, you know, Simeon, he throws it right into the pressure. There's a guy right behind, you know, whether or not he's good enough to connect is another story, but you saw that there were many instances where the same pressure was there, but Simeon got rid of the ball where Zach can't Aaron Rodgers can do what Simeon did, but better by recognizing it and can also connect. He can, he can make the decision, make the throw at the same time. So there's a lot there. Like, you know, we talk about it all the time. Yes. The offensive line is vitally important for the quarterback, but there is a component where the quarterback helps the offensive line. You know, that the, 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 the first half of the year, remember Zach Wilson, there was that crazy stat. You were talking about it a lot, Ryan, you know, yeah. Zach had the most time to throw mm-hmm. um, for, you know, uh, now granted some of that was because he would extend, that he was extending plays, you know, to be fair, but, I think it you know, was snap was, to pressure, though. I think that's what the stat that was. Right. I so, think okay, it was. So it wasn't even him running around and snap to throw. So even even more uh, supporting of the point I'm trying to make, which mm-hmm. I don't even know what it is anymore. Well, saying Aaron Rodgers can get the ball out quick. It's I mean, it's no different than Tua down in, in Miami. They have a they don't have a good offensive line, but he's getting the ball out in two seconds to, to his wide receivers. It's it's right. that's that's the formula for fixing a bad line. Correct. McDaniel said no one's touching this guy that has a uh, propensity to get uh, concussions. We're not doing it. Our entire offense is predicated on getting that ball out quickly. And they do a great job. Like, you have to commend them. I Mm. hate the Dolphins. I'm jealous of them. (laughs) That's honestly what it is. Well, I, you know, that's for you to deal with. I hate them if they suck. I hate them if they're good. I hate them if they're tall, small, in a house, fucking on a... Green eggs and ham. Right, all this stuff. Uh, I hate them. But you gotta, if you're a realistic human being, you gotta look at it and go, yeah, man, well, they're doing it right. And we're not. We're doing these seven-step drops. We have no offensive line, and we're doing seven-step drops. And then you add that to the fact that Zach just, he's afraid, he's tentative, and he's holding the ball too long. So it's um, it's just one of those things where, you know, we talked about it all year and Garrett Wilson said the same thing. You know, do you think Aaron Rodgers would have? Yes, I do. You know, and I think that's a huge point. The sauce comment, I don't I didn't hear that. I heard Salah. I heard Douglas. I heard Garrett Wilson. He said, we got to um, talk with the coaches. We got to have. Um, oh, wait, no, you didn't. You just didn't hear the the actual presser. That's what you're saying. Yeah, no, but I didn't hear the comment at all. I heard uh, Aaron Rodgers, he's getting his head chopped off for saying the mm-hmm. bullshit that's not about football. So and that's like, that, oh, what a hypocrite. 
I, I mean, he is. I, I, to be honest, like, and to Blitzkrieg's point right here, he's saying, not looking for this comment to get a lot of airtime, but I wish Aaron would focus on football topics rather than other matters. And like, I, like, that's exactly what I'm talking about. The, the conversation that he had yesterday saying like, oh, we can't have this outside noise. Like, to some degree, some of the outside noise is like generated, yeah. you know, by that. that. That's what I was gonna say. Like, this is not me taking a stance on whether what he's saying is right or wrong. I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. But it's very ironic for him to have that quote yesterday. Be like, we can't have the the outside noise, the bullshit in the locker room, and then what? 24 hours later, go on on the show today. Like, the there's a little bit of hypocrisy in that. Again, I don't care. Believe whatever you want to believe with what Aaron Rodgers is saying, but it was a little bit like. Okay, have a little bit of self-awareness, my guy. Yeah, read read the room yeah. a little bit or like, you know, understand what you're, it's just, it's silly, but I agree. I, I And it's, it. I, I'm going to speak out both sides of my mouth here because I don't like hearing, you know, the the extra drama, but I love watching McAfee and, and watching like the little peek behind Aaron Rodgers uh, on a weekly basis. So it's, I don't know, gives us stuff to talk here's, about, I guess. Here's what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. He's speaking significantly more to what's going on in the locker room, right? That's mm -hmm. what he's talking about. The guy lost, he hasn't played football since the fourth play of the season. Mm -hmm. You get, you know, you get kind of, you know, you're out there. You're just, he's not playing football. He's not training. He's not doing all that shit. Now, Aaron Rod, this is the stuff that Green Bay fans got tired of, mm -hmm. but at least they got Hall of Fame performance. Yeah. We don't even get that. We just get the shit Four that nobody likes. But at the same time, but I don't think it's very hypocritical because he's talking about, I mean, maybe a little, but he's talking about in the locker room. Like they mm -hmm. all do shit. They're all, you know, they're out there taking pictures. They're in GQ. They're dancing with models. Whatever the hell they got going on on the outside is, is, is different than the way that they, if, if they're holding themselves and they're, and they're all football, they're all business in the locker room and on the field, then it doesn't matter. It's when they're kind of not doing that and they're a distraction. That's kind of, I think that's more, that's what I took took out of it. And maybe I'm homering it up and I'm defending the guy that I'm hoping can save us. I don't know. But it's, I think that it's a little bit overblown. I think that our, 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 our kind of gotcha culture right now is very, very sensitive. And we, and we look for every nugget to do something. Like, that's what we do. Mm. We just kind of. You know, and I think it's kind of stupid. That's my own take, but who am I? So I would say I think you're definitely right. I think that's exactly how Rodgers meant it. I think where Matt and I are coming from is it's just a little hypocritical from, like, the the extra chaos added to uh, – it's not necessarily going into the locker room, I guess, but, like, I don't know. It, I feel like it's extra stuff that's not about football. Um, that's also why I didn't want hard knocks in August. Yeah. Well, none of them right. wanted it either. I wanted it purely for content and the, the enjoyment of it all. So that was one of Sauce's comments, Green Bean, was talking about how hard knocks and getting Rodgers and, and everything that kind of went into the offseason and the excitement, and we were just not dialed in the right way. There were games we should have won. He didn't mention any spe specific games, but it was very clear that I, I think both him and Garrett were upset with uh, you know how things were running. We have too much talent on this team, basically. Uh, Sky C comes in and says, "Hey guys, happy New Year! We all feel the same about it. Ha uh, all feel the same about Hackett. What if this? What if? Sorry. What if his play calling doesn't work with Aaron Rodgers next season? Aaron Rodgers gets upset, and we are losing again. What happens? They blow it up. Everyone's gone. That's right. it. Mm -hmm. Very clear. Very simple. And unfortunately, if it doesn't work out, I don't 
think the Jets hold on to Garrett because I think the new regime coming Ooh. in. I know it's it scares the shit out of me, but I think it's I I think if it if it falls apart next year, the new regime, assuming that Douglas and Salah are gonna like go all in for next season and you know, Rogers ends up retiring at the end of next year and the dead cap hits in 2025. I think it's going to be a very real situation similar to like the Jamal situation where Douglas says, this is how I reset the franchise. This is our most valuable piece. He's unhappy here because of us, you know, fishing around the, the trade market. I think, unfortunately, if it doesn't work out, I, I would imagine Garrett being gone. And that's something that I've brought up a few times, not necessarily about him leaving, but the fifth year option there's four levels of it, and two of them are tied to Pro Bowls. And Garrett Wilson, I think, is a top three to top five receiver in the uh, in the AFC and should have had a, a Pro Bowl nod right now. There's a $6.6 million difference from the fifth-year option he's set to get and the fifth-year option he could get based on, like, just baseline quarterback play. Yeah. I mean, like, um, what is it, seven quarterbacks he's played with in two years? Yeah, seven in two years. That's crazy. For this That's year. That's got to be great. The fact that he's a consecutive th Think about it. All the receivers we've had, from Elijah Moore to Denzel Mims to fucking Ryan Yarborough, Alex Van Dyke, and all the guys, we have not had a receiver get 2,000-yard seasons in a 16 and or 17-game season. You know, even Brandon Marshall in his record-breaking well, that's what I mean. It's like since mm. that's 1999 uh, and 99, he did that. Mm, right. Yeah, so that's the last time we saw it. So in 25 years or 24 years, we haven't seen it. And think about it. He did it with seven different quarterbacks, yeah. half of which were complete losers, whether it's Strebler. Sorry, Tony Alexio. I know you love the Strebler package. <laughs> um, I, and, I, you know, and I respect it. But from Streveler to Tim Boyle to Trevor Simeon and Mike White, who, you know, look, he has his, he, you know, he had his moments and he has his positives. And truth is, I would really like a little bit of Mike White right about this season. You know what I mean? I would have been real happy for Mike White trotting his ass on the field. But mm -hmm. Flacco and just all the guys we've had, and he still managed 12 bills last year and 1,000 this year. Well, what do you have? Uh, what, what was his final number, Ryan? I don't know. I think it was probably like a, yeah, it was just it was over a thousand or maybe I'll look it up. Yeah. Second. All right. Yeah. So, but I mean, like that's an amazing accomplishment and it shows like, you know, if he had Aaron Rodgers this year, dude, he's 15 plus without batting an eyelash mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, I mean, it's clear to me and that's why like, uh, you know, when uh, you know, the, there was the story Aaron Rodgers told us when they went back when Garrett Wilson went back, you know, after the game and talked to him, he just said, I'm sorry, kid. You know, he uh, knew I'm, I'm done for the year and, and I'm sorry. You know, mm -hmm. you're going to have a fucking rough go. Remember how last <laughs> year went? Kid. Fucking run it back. <laughs> Pretty much. You got Zach. Zach's the best. Yeah. Zach gives us the best chance to win. I know you spent mm -hmm. all last year and you were literally, remember Garrett Wilson last year? With, you know, he's, uh, he's open on the sideline and Zach just sails it 15 yards <laughs> over his head and he'd be like, Remember that shit? He's like, come on, man! Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, Dude, so him holding his composure as well as he has so far, like, you could tell yeah. the frustration in his voice from that press conference. Matt, what are you yeah. thinking? No worst in my life, dog. It, it's, it was almost a carbon copy. So, 2022 rookie year, 
11.03, four touchdowns. This year, 10.42, three touchdowns. Wait, what That's was a- – I'm sorry, Matt. What was it again? I'm sorry. Uh, 11.03 and four in his rookie year last year. This year, 10.42 and three. It's so bad. And, I, I think I think Zach Wilson only has two touchdowns to him too. Flacco has more touchdowns to the Garrett, right? Yes. Oh my Nuts. god, that is brutal. <laughs> That's an absurd and stat. What, and look what G Dubs had to do to get one of those. T- you know what I mean? Like that circus ass catch. The the bobble heard around the mm-hmm. world. It's like, dude, no wide receiver not named Justin Jefferson or, you know, it's the elites that make that happen. And he had to do that to get one of those three big touchdowns. I can't believe how painful this is. I'm hurting right now. I want you to know that. This is not a good uh, topic for me. Ace of Spade comes in, says, Jets injury-prone roster-wise, J.D. should seek depth. Uh, Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, we've just had so many injuries the last two, three years, like even before Salah got here too. Like I remember with Gase, it was like some historic amount of uh, contract dollars on IR on a consistent basis. It was like 50 plus million dollars each year. Uh, And the only team that beat us, I think was the Steelers because Big Ben got knocked out for the season. I think that was the same year. Um, Yeah, not not good. Gotta gotta have depth here. Uh, Lucky Leo comes in the super chat. Thank you so much, dude. Says, hey guys, do you think our defense will change from game to game next year? One game zone, the other man, I think it should be flexible. I mean, do other teams change from game to game? I want to see it. So I don't think it's going to change. I think they like the, you know, Sauce and Reed playing one side of the field. That's all they have to know. They master that side of the field. Everyone knows their assignments. That's just how it's going to be, unfortunately. I love what the Patriots did with Darrell Revis. Uh, like on their Super Bowl run, they were like, hey, Revis, you're playing the number two receiver all the time. And our number two corner is going to have safety help and cover the number one corner. That's what I would like to see. I think that's the best defense. Um, and it, it nukes everyone. And then you have Michael Carter covering the third wide receiver. Um, I'd love to see it. I don't think the Jets make any kind of moves uh, from changing their philosophy, having two years of like top five defense. Greenby, what about you? What do you think about the uh, defense and potentially changing up how we cover certain receivers? Yeah, I mean, you know, like we we were bothered a lot by the idea like, okay, there's a really great example was the CeeDee Lamb uh, game, right? And then there was one recently. Who was it? Oh, it was the Miami game with Waddle. Mm, Um, He just shredding the living shit. And then there was the Browns game with uh Njoku that whole first half um you know he he was just like uncoverable it seemed by our linebackers you know and I would like them to adjust sooner clearly this team knows how to and Salah Ulbricht and the rest they know how to whatever it is kind of tweak adjust and come out in the second half and shut it down we've seen that numerous times and that's a huge positive because many, many Jets teams couldn't do that. So we at least got that. Now, I would love to see them tweak it a little bit earlier, but here's the truth of it, dudes. Our defense is stout. Now, they, just like everybody else, they give up their plays and they have their, you know, their their rough patches and all that. But by and large, our defense, if coupled with a legitimate offense, and I'm talking average offense, let's say 15th, 14th in the NFL, this defense is uh, undeniably one or two in the NFL. And the reason being, like, you know, I, we were talking to somebody earlier. They're like, we got to blitz more. We got to blitz more. 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of Blitz, and I I I love a good Blitz. I I come from that era where, but like if the the optimal defense, if you, if you have your front four, and you can generate legitimate pressure with that front four, what that enables you to do is flood the 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 rest of the field with coverage, and that's what's. That's what kind of cuts off all the lanes. It packs the zones and it confuses the living hell out of quarterbacks. And it makes it so that front four, if given that extra half second, they're getting home. And that's the thing. So like what we're doing is working. Now, if there's a period of a game where it doesn't or one game out of 17, that it looks like we're being exploited and that happens, but I would rather see them stick to their guns because we already know it hurts. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, works rather than kind of panic strickenly, you know, change everything and try to adjust on the fly. I do. I would like to see those adjustments, those little tweaks happen a little bit earlier. But by and large, man, I think like if 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 our defense works and there's a game here or there where it doesn't, I'll I'll take that. You know, like you got to take the good with the bad. And I think the bad is significantly less than the good. The problem, guys, has been our offense. Matt, what do you think about the defense? You think you'd switch anything up as far as how we do coverages? No, um, no, I don't think they do. I, I think they are just so stubborn. Has a negative connotation to it. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but they they are very strong in their beliefs on how, how this defense is supposed to operate, and it's had a lot of success, significantly more success than failure. So, honestly, I'm just excited to watch this team and this defense play with a lead next year because think of guys like Bryce Huff with 10 and a half sacks playing 40% of snaps never leading like I would like this guy back on my team so we could have 15 or 16 sacks next year um, I think Will McDonald could have a year or two lead but Jermaine Johnson continues to come along so um, I, I don't think they've changed much up from that defense yeah, this defense is going to be number one next year. When you start talking about playing with a lead and just how many sacks these guys were able to get home on, it, it's unreal. And to Greenbean's point, the coverage being dropped back, everything's about confusing and delaying whoever you're going against, whatever matchup it is. If it's a you know a mismatch with a tight end or with a, a really strong safety that can cover a tight end, and it makes the, the quarterback think for a quarter of a second, a half a second longer. That's that little bit of extra time that the pass rushers need to get home. Uh, so yeah, I agree. You know, Don't change anything and just play with a lead next year uh, oscar comes in says jd needs to draft a quarterback in the fourth or fifth rounds uh c ward so i would like the jets to pull the trigger on a developmental quarterback in the back half of this draft somewhere i don't want to put a round on it necessarily but in my head i'm thinking we're getting an impact player in rounds one and three and then we have two picks in the fourth round and that's probably where i'd start to really you know feel quarterback at that point um, I'm open, you know, high upside guy. I don't want to see him see, get the field at all. You know, quarterback three, just learn behind Rogers for at least a year. Um, Matt, I'll, I'll throw that one to you. Do you know, uh, any quarterbacks you're particularly looking at? Uh, Michael Pratt out of Tulane is my favorite mid round dart throw. Cam Ward's a good one though. Lucky Leo says Graziano is a jerk. Um, I don't know if I know what Graziano said. Uh, he's been going back at Aaron Rodgers a lot this last week or so. Mm, I got you. Don't watch. Don't yeah. click, Leo. Don't click, and it'll yeah, stop. Yeah, that's it's just that's what gets them. They they trigger you, and then that's exactly what they want. They don't care if you have something good or bad to say. It's just the you know the yeah. engagement that they want. Um, 
And they know Blitzkrieg, we're triggerable. We are. We're very easy. Uh, Blitzcrew comes in and says, I want an upgrade at safety for the defense, though, and need someone next to Quinnen. You think CJ is back next year? Um, I think CJ reworks his deal and they align him to align with Aaron Rodgers' contract. So whether that is one year next year and he's done or two years because they think Rodgers is going to be here for two years, I think that's what ends up happening. We'll have our quarterback of the defense. Um, for better or worse, I think they'll just lower the cap hit on him. As far as safety, I would like to see Ashton Davis. I'd like to see Tony Adams, and I'd like to see us resign Chuck Clark. That would be what I'd like to see the the safety room end up being. Um, I mean, there might be someone else in there that I'm just like blanking on right now, but Ashton Davis deserves to come back, and I, I want to see what Clark could be. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on the safety room? That you you nailed it. I, I, Chuck Clark, I would like to bring back his uh, to quote friend of the program, Buffalo Jet fan. The uh, tackling upgrade going from Whitehead to Chuck Clark would feed families. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, that is great. that is something that I would very much so like to see. Have have him and Davis either split reps, get three on the field, whatever you got to do. Uh, Tony Adams at free safety. Maybe you add a safety uh, like Jamal Adams. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's a linebacker. Oh, uh, yeah. His career. Uh, I was going to say like a, a a free safety type as a UDFA or a uh, late round swing. Or maybe I forgot about Jarek Bernard Converse, so maybe you don't need to do oh, that. Oh, that's the other name. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, Matt, can you head over to last week's uh, show stream? We're going to pick some timestamp people. If you guys want to get in on our jersey giveaway, our t-shirt giveaway, pillow giveaway, all you got to do is leave the timestamp comment down below this video after it's done being aired, uh, and you'll get entered into next week's t-shirt giveaway. So we're going to be picking names from last week. Uh, Green Bean, I want to ask you the question while Matt is pulling Matt up. What do you think of our safety room for next year? I love it. I, I think we should re-sign everybody, including Jordan Whitehead. He's the best. Oh. I don't know about Chuck Clark, though. I, I hear you, like the idea of Chuck Clark. Like we're like was like Matt was saying the tackling and all that, and the versatility. Don't forget that he's got the versatility, but I don't know like how invest. Like he he was here for ten minutes and he has no field history with us, so I don't know. I I do think guys. I know people are upset with the the uh, ill advised lateral in the Patriots game, but Ashton Davis, in my opinion, has earned has earned it. Mm -hmm. And I think that we should uh, consider having him as part of the starting rotation. Like was mentioned earlier, Tony Adams is on the ascend. Um, and I think he's good. And again, like you mentioned too, uh, J you know, Jarek Bernard Converse. I think this fucking place is haunted. I want you to know. I, I got a lot going on. There's a lot going on. It's either haunted or they're bears. So, yeah, you're going to get attacked live on the either air. Either way, I'm getting killed tonight. Um, but that's okay. I got a, I got a chicken fence out there. So bears, want, I don't have to worry about bears. It's like our, it's like the Jets offensive line, just chicken wire. It's fine. They'll yeah. stop the bears. Right. They're like, oh, how's it feel, asshole? You're criticizing Zach. It don't feel good. So now, you know, so, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that we got to bring on a safety. Um, I'd love to see, you know, I keep using this fourth round pick. So far, I've used the fourth round pick in my mind. On uh, on Jordan Travis, on a wide mm. receiver, on a guard, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's going to be a really good, important fourth round pick. But uh, you know, I'd like to see the fourth round pick used on maybe a safety, too. Mm. Um, so I don't know. I think you got to bring somebody on. 
but I'm not the biggest, um, you know, uh, detractor anymore of Ashton Davis. I think he's, he's shown dude. He, 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 look, he knows how to make plays. He's developed nicely and he's made plays both like in run support. He had that amazing, like crushing of the right side of the line for a mm-hmm. safety on that game. He, he knows how to, you know, find the ball and get picks. Uh, he's done well in coverage significantly better. Uh, then we were we were all upset with him his first two years about the coverage, but so I don't know. I I think we're I think we gotta I think we're good, you know. Um, but bring on somebody for competition in the same way they brought on Amos this year. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I think uh, you know I, I I'm more I'm I'm really interested to see what happens with the linebackers. Like he mentioned, CJ, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm real curious to see how that kind of fleshes out. Um, over the next, you know, few months. Um, but yeah, I think our safety room might be pretty good, guys. Ooh. Uh, all right, Green Bean. I need to uh, hear from you. How many contestants do we have in our giveaway tonight? Let me see here. Um, okay, I added that one. Yeah, not many tonight. We're we're a little light here, Ryan. Uh, seven or sixteen. Sixteen. And Matt, how many uh, timestamps do we got? Let's see. One, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Ooh. All right. Let's do all seven. Okay. Yeah. Greenbean, tell me when you're when you're ready. I'm anxiously awaiting your input. All right. Phil the Jet Adams. Good man. <laughs> nice. All right. I love it. Eric Craig. There he is. Like him. Good guy. Uh, My boys so far. James Falls. Right? Uh, Actually, I'm going to toss this guy in, too. Across the pond. He says, I'm a dinosaur and don't know how to timestamp, but I want to win a jersey or T-shirt. Love it. Put him in. Deserves it. Good man. Good man. Uh, Pure Imagination is next. Your imagination. Eric Craig, we got in there, so we, yeah. we're not going to repeat him. Uh, James Falls, is he a repeat? He is also Yeah, a yeah. yeah. Re- throw them both okay. in there. Okay, you know, we're, we're, as long as they're different timestamps. I think that's uh, fine. Okay. There are different timestamps, so you could double two for James Falls and one and another one for Eric Craig. And then last is Greg Gagne. Greg Gagne? Gagne. Gagne. All right, Greg, there you go, buddy. So how many do we have now? We got 25? 600. No, 24. 24. All right. Random number generator number 14. Oscar DeLeon. Ooh, Oscar, let's spin the wheel. See what we get. Oh, come on. Hold on. Come on. I had it all set up where I could just click a button and it would go. Let's see if I can actually get it to go. Mother trucker. Now I got to log in. This is stupid. Stoop. You know what happened when you, when you're playing with widgets. Well, when Ryan's doing that green bean, I was supposed to ask you something like two hours ago, but I forgot. Uh, I was supposed to ask you about what it was like eating the last dab on Thursday. Oh, I was supposed to do that two hours ago too. 
Well, I don't know. So this Thursday, everybody, as you guys know, we're doing the Thursday Thick of It at 8 p.m., but on the Brooklyn Brothers Food Review Channel, I will be going head-to-head against uh, egghead pussy boy Jeremy himself with the last dab, supposedly the hottest hot sauce on the planet. We're both going to do it, and we're going to see who handles it better. Now, Jeremy's done a lot more hot saucing than I have over the past few years. I used to fancy myself quite the hot sauce guy. I'm not anymore. Yet I still think I'm going to handle it better than Jeremy because I believe strongly that I am more of a man than Jeremy. That's what I believe. I don't know if I'm right. You can see. Fucking check into the Brooklyn Brothers Food Review at 7 p.m. this Thursday before the Thursday thick of it, and we'll see. Wheel is spinning. Wheel is spinning. Wow, that got close. Mug. Nice. Mug. Let's Oscar, go. Oscar, you win a mug. <clears throat> Oscar, reach out to us. Talkingjetshow at gmail.com or jetstalk247 at gmail.com. Get your shipping information. We'll send you out a Talking Jets mug. Thank you so much for playing along tonight. Boys and girls, we've reached the end of our show. Let's go around and give our closing thoughts. Screaming. any last words? Yeah, the uh, Just Jets comes out tomorrow, <clears throat> and uh, I'm really excited to uh, to hear that. What episode? Two o four, three four, something like that. You know, Matt. Let me let me admit something to you, real quick. Um, I had every intention from like episode one ninety five on. My plan was to call in on episode two hundred, and when I heard episode two hundred, I was furious. I'm like, no! I was so angry. In my car. So I'm sorry. Even though you didn't know, I'm okay. sorry. Well, the intention is most important. And you had a good intention. So that I makes did. me I did. So, yeah, we'll do the Thursday Thick of It, the Brooklyn Brothers Food Review. And we got no game stream. Well, you know what? Jeremy and I are going to pick either the Dolphins game and the Bill or the Bills game. Which one's on Sunday? Uh, the Well, I know that the Dolphins game is on Peacock on Saturday. I know so that. I'm not doing that one. I my Saturday's booked. I got a prepper thing I'm doing. I know Sunday is Lions Rams is the late game. Yeah, Bills is Sunday at one. Mm. So Jeremy and I will be doing a live stream for the Bills game against the Steelers. So come hang. If you're gonna watch the game, let come hang out with us. We'll uh, we'll watch and root against the Bills. Matt, any last words for our panel? I'm excited to get into off-season mode with with you guys. This is where we shine, and uh, more more to come. More to come. Boys and girls, I have switched gears into off-season mode. I've already released five players I think the Jets should target at the number 10 overall pick. I show you highlights. I give you stats. I give you all that good stuff. We're going to be going down through all the different position groups through free agency and the draft. Going to be talking about it on this channel as well. But boys and girls, it's been a lot of fun hanging out with you tonight. This is Jets Talk signing off. J-E-T-S. Go somewhere else. I can't take this nonsense anymore. How are you going to blame the defense? I got the power. Screw Greenbean. <laughs> Damn it. But once you get to the sausage, I feel like we're doing something. Go Jets. And that's the other part of this. The people are insanely jealous of this show. This show gets the best of the best. And it does a different way with positivity. you give up to see a jet super bowl all of my friends and family hit those milk thumb boys and girls freeze run, freeze. Jets, jets, Come on. Jets, jets.
Hold on to your underwear, ladies, and stand by, bitches. It's now time for Talking Jets with your hosts, Matt, Ryan, and Greenbean. Jets, Jets!